Welcome to Medical Murmurs, Medical Student Edition, where emergency physician Dr. Paris Lovett talks with other doctors about their specialty, and we focus on career questions such as what their professional life is like and how best to get into a specialty and develop a career. If you haven't already, we suggest that you first listen to the main Medical Murmurs podcast, featuring the same guest, before you listen to this one. My guest today is Dr. Jack Jallo. He is a neurosurgeon and spine surgeon who practices at the Jefferson University Hospitals in Philadelphia. So who do you think is well-suited to a life in neurosurgery and who might find, if they chose it, that they maybe felt they chose the wrong specialty? What kind of person? Yeah, I think the specialty has evolved a a lot over the past uh, 20 years. You know, certainly when we were training, there are no limits on work hours. And you pretty much as a neurosurgery resident, because it's a relatively small field with critically ill patients, you you spent a lot of time uh, in the hospital taking care of patients. You know, you, 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 I mean, it was not uncommon for me to spend 120 hours in the hospital uh, in a week. And you were, you know, you would be on call, you'd be up all night long, and then the next day you would still be expected to do a full day's worth of work. I think the the work hour restrictions for residents has made the training program much more humane and opened it up to a broader number of uh, of medical students. I think, you know, back in the day, I would say you really needed to be dedicated to your work and to your patients, and that had to be your first priority. And, you know, the sacrifices that you're expected to make in terms of your personal life were fairly significant. I think that's still the case. Uh, you know, I think neurosurgery residents are still some of the hardest working residents in the hospital. And you have, and you know, the illnesses that you're taking care of are are very significant or uh, life changing for the patients that you're that you're treating, uh, and you have to be willing uh, and you have to want to take care of patients that may be on the path of you know they're they're actively dying. I mean. And your intervention is to try to prevent them often just from dying, and that you're not always successful. And you have to be a you have to be resilient enough to uh, accept outcomes that are certainly beyond your control that are not what you want. I'm not sure if I answered that as well as I'd like. Well, you gave I think a, a, a real picture of what it takes. So, do you ever have thoughts about what kind of medical student? should think, yeah, neurosurgery might really be a match for me. And, other, and another kind of medical student who might think, you know, maybe I could get in, um, but I don't know if I'd be happy doing it. Yeah, you know, one of my, you know, one of my co I think a good example would be one of my co-residents when I was in training, super bright, uh, you know, one of the smartest people I've, I've known. And we're friends to this day, uh, and this is 30 years later. Um, you know, in his first six months of neurosurgery residency, decided this was not for him. Um, and, and he's now a psychiatrist and a very happy psychiatrist. I think what he realized is he wanted to spend time talking to patients and also 
to problem solve over a long period of time. And I think neurosurgery, uh, you know, there's neurology, right, where you're getting to work also with brain disorders, but you have some time uh, in terms of your interventions and the disease process. Um, I think neurosurgery appeals more to um, someone like myself who wants to fix a problem, but not continue working on it over a long period of time. You know, something uh, as an example, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, right? That's a, that's a, a disease process that once you're managing that patient, it's a lifelong commitment to that patient to see them through that disease. And, and I think it's very important that, that, that those patients have someone to care for them over their lifetime. I mean, I think, you know, the, phys- the physician, the neurologist who's managing multiple sclerosis is a, is a very special kind of person. Myself, I, I didn't have that sort of stamina. I, w- I found I was much better uh, at managing people who are critically ill that, that I could intervene on and then hopefully get them better and then let them go on with their life. Uh, I wasn't attracted to uh, sort of a lifelong commitment to managing a disease or a person. And I think that also is part of what led, you know, I did a fellowship in neurotrauma and critical care. And again, I think that, you know, similar to, I think, an ED doc, right? You you want to be able to intervene in a, in a very sort of acute setting and then move on to the next uh, sort of scenario or the next sort of patient that needs your, your intervention or your help. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I mean... I remember one thing that was formative was doing internal medicine rounds and uh, the, just the, how long they lasted and how much people talked. Um, I just wasn't drawn to it. I wanted to be able to get in, you know, to talking with the patient, figuring things out, and yes, moving on to something else. You know, I found I couldn't pay attention long enough. You know, I think there are certain specialties with it. And this, this is the beauty of medicine, I think, is that, you know, people, you know, Ask me, uh, young, you know, young, univer- you know, college-age kids who come and spend some time with us uh, in the hospital, you know, what and they're uncertain if medicine is for them. And I, I reassure everyone that you know, there's so many different ways to be a physician that are that you can you can really find a niche within any within medicine that can appeal to almost any personality type. And uh, you know, for myself, I think similar to you, you know, the the medicine rounds that seem to never end. I, I, and I found myself, you know, drifting away and daydreaming in the middle of rounds because I just didn't have that kind of attention span. You are listening to Medical Murmurs, Medical Student Edition. For someone who's a medical student, what advice would you give them about how to get into neurosurgery? I think, you know, the advice to whether it's neurosurgery or any other specialty, one is uh, do well academically. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it tends to be a competitive, uh, but, you know, every specialty has um, parts of it that are very, uh, or aspects of it that are um, limited, you know, that, that, that only a limited number of people can do, and you need to be able to stand out from the crowd. So, you know, academic performance is the number one. Two is make sure that this is what you want to be doing. You know, it's a lot of work, and you're dealing with, uh, you know, 
critical illnesses very often. Uh, you know, one of my old um, one of my old uh, mentors or uh, attendings would always say, you know, we're not treating measles, and not to dis discount sort of the management of measles, but you know, these are often critically ill individuals who are coming in with either severe traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, brain tumors, aneurysms, or vascular malformations of the brain. And, you know, the if you do nothing, you know, certainly they will be paralyzed or they may die. And your intervention is to try to prevent that, uh, you know, either paralysis or death. And, you know, often you are successful, which is, I think, uh, you know, a testament to the progress that we've seen in medicine. You know, the, the classic you know, sort of um, image of neurosurgery in the, you know, early 1960s, 1970s is that, you know, the majority of these patients did not do well. And you really need to have the personality to be resilient enough to try to treat people who are going to do poorly regardless. Um, I think we've come a long way in the field and most people do well now. Uh, but not everyone does well. So I think you need to have some resilience there that you can um, work to treat people. And although most do well, not all do. And you have to be able to get up the next day and go do that same, uh, you know, that same treatment again for another individual. And you need to be able to perform at your best for that next patient. And you cannot be devastated by devastating outcomes sometimes. And in terms of maximizing your chances of matching in, any other recommendations? Uh, aside from academic performance and making sure that this is what you want, uh, I think spend some time on the service. You know, demonstrate a real interest in the specialty. It usually involves uh, shadowing a physician or spending a rotation on uh, the neurosurgery service. And then uh, the third is you know sort of the Aside from academic performance, uh, you know, certainly if you can get involved in some clinical research with uh, a neurosurgery department, that's a huge help. And lastly, you know, make sure that, you know, the basics of life, right, uh, you know, be honest, be diligent, uh, be reliable are very important when you are spending time as a volunteer or, um, you know, as part of a shadowing uh, period or if you're actually on the service rotating as a student, you know, you need to be, you need to be able to be a, an asset to the service. What predictions do you have about future directions for neurosurgery and for spine surgery? What do you think we're going to see in the next decade or two? You know, increased, I think, specialization uh, and sort of cross-specialty uh, uh, mergers. And what I mean by that is, you know, right now you can get the spine surgery from either neurosurgery or orthopedics. But, you know, some of us are talking that really spine surgery ought to almost be its own specialty, uh, that you may start out in a variety of, you know, sort of internships or early residencies. But eventually, there should be a common pathway towards spine surgery as its own as its own specialty. Uh, you know, similar processes are happening within neurosurgery where you have folks that are really focusing just on brain surgery or just on vascular neurosurgery or just on functional neurosurgery. Certainly in my training, uh, when you finish training, uh, you're expected to come out and do everything. And now my 
practice, and certainly our group's practice is a very specialized kind of practice. Dr. Jack Jello, thank you so much for coming and appearing on Medical Moments. Thank you, Paris. It was a real pleasure to uh, discuss things with you that I have not really thought about in years. This is Medical Murmurs, Medical Student Edition. This podcast was focused on career issues of particular interest to medical students and prospective medical students. We suggest you also listen to the main Medical Murmurs episode featuring the same guests discussing a wider range of issues and sharing stories for a more general audience. Check it out.